Welcome to the How to Get a Job podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero. And in this podcast, we help international STEM students land a job that sponsors their H-1B without applying to hundreds of companies. So if you enjoyed this episode, give us a follow, give us a review, and share it with a friend. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Today, I have Justin Shank with me today, and he is the founder of the Growth Now community and the host of the Growth Now movement. Justin, how are you, man? Daniel, honored to be back, dude. It's been it's been years. I mean, we had a conversation on your podcast, but we met four years ago. We were talking about this before, and I'm like, we need to we need to connect more often. Uh, yes, I, we definitely have to do that. But honored no, to be absolutely, here. man, and it's so great speaking to you today. And even just like, it took us like 20 minutes to get started just because we were just catching up. And it just like, like, man, we're here for a reason. We're here to record. So we're here. We're here now. And here's what I'm really excited about. Um, I, w- I was sharing with this with you. Um, currently right now, I, there's a lot of news of, you know, this potential recession. And even maybe by the time this comes out, be officially announced, maybe not. But regardless, what I've noticed in a lot in my community, right, in the mastering college to career community is that, job seekers are just getting really nervous and anxious about the future, right? And their their mentality is turning into more of a victim mentality versus a victor mentality. They're turning into more of like, things are just out of my control and I can't do anything to fix my situation when me and you both know that there's a lot that we can do, right? There are some things that we can't control, but I would even say over 80% of our life can be controlled. And so why I'm really excited to have you here is because I, out of all the people I know, I can't think of a better person to talk about having a growth mindset than you. So I'm super excited. So, you know, let's kick it off by saying like, why has growth, you know, having a growth mindset been such an important part of your life? Yeah, man, I think, you know, being able to have a growth mindset in anything that I do, whether it be business, whether it be relationships, whether it be well, my wellness, whatever, right? Having a growth mindset is, is life-changing. That whole thought process of life is happening for me, not to me, changes the game every single time, right? And so when you look back at my life, uh, if I rewound back to high school, right? I had a 1.7 GPA. My mom was in the middle of a 20-year opioid battle and my dad was in jail. And all signs pointed to you've got no shot, right? Society says 50% chance of being an addict if your parents are an addict, 50% chance of ending up in jail if your parents are in jail. So all signs pointed to you're screwed, right? And I realized at the age of 19, this is when I got introduced to change, being able to change your mindset. I got into direct sales because obviously college wasn't gonna gonna work for me. Um, and I uh, got into direct sales and, and my mentor at the time handed me a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Mm. Uh, super easy read, like you can read it in less than 90 minutes. Uh, but really the, the book is about how things are going to change around you and you can't do anything about it. And that's okay. What matters is how you react to that change. And as you talk about going into a recession and things changing, or even, you know, rewind two, two plus years ago when COVID hit, we didn't know it was going to change a lot for so many people. Uh, it was really about how are you going to approach? Why is this, what's happening for me in this moment, right? Like, how do you really shift that perspective in your brain. Um, and that's the game changer for me with anything, right? Bad things happen. I go, great. What opportunity is being created for me? And you're able to really find different ways and avenues and approaches in order to make it a win, right? As I look at my life over the last two plus years, um, going into COVID, about 40% of my income was speaking in my live event. Guess what happened when COVID hit? It all went away overnight. And I had to think really quick really quickly, like, why is this happening for me? Uh, And I began to shift my business. 
Uh, and now I no longer rely on things that are controlled by outside circumstances, right? My income is now controlled by things that I can control. So it's a complete shift. And, and it's really just been the game changer for me to have that right mindset going into anything because I can't be affected by outside circumstances anymore. I realize that how I react to the change, how I react to the economy, how I react to COVID, how I react to personal issues uh, is the game changer because I'm able to flip anything into a positive by looking at it a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and, and that's brilliant. That is, um, it's a really hard thing to understand, but once you unlock that and you understand that your biggest challenges actually become your biggest opportunities is game changer. And I think a lot about that when you when you were talking about how like odds are you should have been an addict, odds are you should have gone to jail, or even I think about a statistic that if you grow up without a father, you're four times more likely to go to jail than to go to college, right? And as having my dad die when I was young, I used to think about it like that too. But I realized that that level of suffering or that harder childhood that I had, right? The, the, the fact that I had to overcome those issues I actually have become my comparative advantage, right? That grit and determination that I was able to build when I was younger is the reason why when things go wrong in business or in relationships, I'm able to overcome them and make them even stronger because I know the sun will come up is how I handle the situation that truly matters. And that's why I'm really excited to talk to you about because not only have you personally experienced that and have been able to overcome the statistics, but you also have an amazing show where you've been able to to interview some of the world's greatest performers and I, I, here's a question you know from all your interviews have you ever interviewed someone that like had a perfect life and no issues and the reason why they are is because their life was perfect no never right and so he, i actually just talked about this uh just yesterday on another podcast right um every single person in this world has adversity every single one, right? Now people hear my story and they go, well, my story doesn't compare to yours, but it actually does compare because you've gone through the, your own traumas, right? However you view it. They actually did a study where they took some kids from the inner city, like literally like some of the worst uh, parts of the cities in the world. And then they took kids that were considered privileged, right? Like living in rich neighborhoods, great schools, great education, all these things. And they wired up their brains and they did this study that they realized the kid who was bullied in school because he was a little overweight has the same brain effect as the kid who saw his mother get shot because they lived in the middle of the city. It affected the brain in the same exact way, right? So we all have traumas that we all have to overcome. Now, these moments in our life, as we realize that, that, that affect us, right? Whether it's personal as a child or, you know, again, the economy crashing and people losing their jobs and all these things that could potentially happen, um, it's, it's gonna affect us in different ways, right? It's called limiting beliefs. So we go into the world, like you said, you're, you know, your father dying when you're a young age, you might end up in jail instead of college, but now look at you, right? Like you're helping all these kids out of college, you know, move on to great careers um, or my statistics, right? These limiting beliefs, if we decided to accept them as fact, then we would have been living that life. We have to be able to overcome those limiting beliefs in order to then realize that there's opportunity in those moments. The problem is most people don't do the work to overcome those limiting beliefs. And so during COVID, I was able to take a step back finally and, and really look at like, what is the growth now movement all about? What, it, what are we really talking about here? What are all the things that, that we're all about? And one of the things is overcoming these limiting beliefs. So I started to do studies of where do limiting beliefs come from? And I found they came from four main places. So the first one, the first place that limiting beliefs come from is childhood. Right. Again, the things that we just spoke about, but at the same time, it could be as simple as this. You're literally walking through the mall with your mom. 
your mom runs into an old college or high school friend and they're so excited to see each other like oh my gosh and you get startled as a kid and you hide behind your mom's leg and they go that's daniel he's just shy Mm. that simple sentence will place something in the back of your brain saying that I'm shy. So therefore I can't do something. Right. And so we then carry that with us and it's no fault of our own. This is just how we are programmed as human beings, but something as simple as that from your childhood can, can instill a limiting belief. Is that that like, before we go to the second, third and fourth yep. one, is that, cause this is awesome. So I kind of want to slow this down. Is that like the same thing as like we attach an identity to something like um this is a this is a real like story. So I I'm an only child. My dad died when I was three, right? I so I always uh I, I volunteered to get a little brother from Big Brother's Big Sister because I wanted to help little kids, boys that didn't have a, a positive male role model, so that we can be the statistics, right? So I got uh, a little brother and his name is Zach, and he was eight years old when he became my brother. And fast forward now, he's like 20 years old, right? So it's been a long time now, but he always attached, he attached his identity. And this is something we talk about a lot. So Zach, if you're listening to this, um, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? He attached his identity to being a soccer player, right? And he was the best soccer player from his little group of friends. But obviously, as you go from an eight-year-old to, to middle school to high school, you become, oh, you realize that there's other people who are really good at soccer. But his whole identity is attached to soccer and being a professional soccer player that some of the decisions that he's now making are irrational or not logical because his identity is so attached that if he says, I'm not going to be a soccer player, a professional soccer player anymore, because maybe I'm not good enough and he accepts that he then feels like a failure. Yeah. You know, I think it's a little bit different what you're talking about compared to what I'm talking about. Uh, I, so one of the things that I talk about from a limiting belief standpoint is like the second place is self, mm. Right. Um, the limiting belief that he has set in himself is that if he doesn't become a professional soccer player, he's less than, mm, got it, which yeah. means he's not good enough for whatever. But the reality is very, very small percentage of people make it as a professional soccer player. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's other things you can do to find identity in yourself, right? That's a whole different conversation um, to, to explore and try. And I talk about going into a season of yes. Like if you're a little lost, I always say, go into a season of yes. Everything's a yes right? Like try something new. Yes. Attempt this new thing. Yes. Find a new circle of friends. Yes. Right. And as we do that, we start to find other things that we're passionate about. But for him, he, I, the limiting belief for him is if I don't become a professional soccer player, I'm not a good enough human being. Yeah. I'm not as good as I think I possibly could have been. Right. And, you know, professional athletes are funny. I, I, I just recently talked about this, right? Like there are some very few professional athletes who weren't given a God-given gift of the right body type, the right whatever, right? Like Michael Phelps is the greatest swimmer of all time because he's a genetic freak. His body shape is not normal. He's, he's more like a dolphin than he is a human being, right? So he happened to find the swimming, right? LeBron James, if he wasn't born to be a kid who grew to be six foot eight, 240 brick shithouse, pardon my French, but like if he wasn't that person, he wouldn't be as great of a basketball player. Like there's certain things when it comes to professional athletes that you, you have to go, okay, you know, we're not all, who was that? Uh, five, Muggsy Bogues, right? Like that's the, that's the freak of nature that five foot four in the NBA. Like that doesn't happen uh, unless you're Muggsy Bogues. That's, that's just a very, very minute amount of people. So when you talk about professional athletes, it's like at some point you go, okay, give it up. Right. Like you, like, sorry, Zach. Um, but we have to then go, I'm not defined by this. 
right? And I have to go then find my new identity. And so my, my word of, of, of advice to Zach, if he is listening to this, like go into a season of yes, find out other things you're passionate about, right? Like I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an illustrator. Um, and I was like, when I was like eight, I was a pretty decent, you know, artist. I could draw really well and do all those things. And then all of a sudden I was 12 and I was still drawing like I was eight and all these other kids were phenomenal. I was like, ah, forget it. Got to find my next identity. Right. Um, and so that's all part of the, the process of life. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and I guess why I bring that up, because what I've noticed is that a lot of the people that I work with, their identity is so attached to the career or the type of job of like, hey, maybe I'm an international student from India that it came to the United States to study software engineer. And if I don't get a job at a top tier company, like a fan company, like a Google, a Facebook, a, a Meta, a Tesla, or an Amazon, Netflix, right? That I failed and my parents, like that my identity is attached. So the example of Zach is actually should be more related to a job seeker. And I guess what I'm trying to say is to your point is, go for those jobs now, but if you don't get it, your life is not over, it's just starting. And it's okay to go and go to go in a season of yes and explore other options, explore other industries. You might not realize that you actually love this a lot better, right? And so, yeah, um, yeah, I love this. This is great. Yeah. And so you, and, and second, just to ahead. speak to that, and then I'll go to the second one. You're, you're 100% right. Uh, and a lot of what I talk about in my podcast and, and when I speak is about finding fulfillment. Finding fulfillment isn't attached to the things we do. A lot of times with our careers, people go, that's who I am, right? Like if somebody says, who are you? I immediately want to be like, oh, I'm a podcaster. That's not who I am. That's what I do you know, or who are you? I'm an engineer. Well, no, that's not who you are. Who are you? Like, who are you? And, and I think that's a whole different, we could do a whole episode about that. And we won't go down that, that thing, but start to think about like, who are you really? Uh, because especially as men, we attach our identities a lot to our career. Mm. Uh, women tend to do it as a mother or, or whatever the case would be. And, and obviously some do, do do it as a career. Um, but it's like this weird thing that we feel like we're defined by what we do right? Like, and that's the Zach conversation as well. Yeah. Um, but, but start thinking about that. If you're listening to this and like, to be like, okay, well, who am I really? Like, who am I? Like, what am I bringing to the table? Like, who am I as a person? Who am I as a, a partner? Who am I as a whatever, right? Start thinking about that. Anyway. So the first place is childhood, right? We just talked about that. Second place where these limiting beliefs come from is self. And so to go back into a childhood type of mentality, say you're in sixth grade, the first time you ask your girl or guy out, and they just simply say, no, I'm not interested. And you go walk over to the mirror and you go, man, you're ugly. Nobody's going to love you. She didn't say that, or he didn't say that to you, right. right? You said that to yourself. So we start to create a narrative in our head of like who we are and what, and, and what we're supposed to be. Uh, and so we need to really start to go, okay, what type of conversations are we having in our head? The third place is society. Society said that my parent was an addict, should have been an addict. My society said, you know, my dad was in jail, should have been in jail. Society says that I've got no shot at being successful, right? Society says, hey, you're a minority, you can't do that. Society says you grew up poor, you can't be that. Society says you're gay, you're not allowed to do that. Whatever the case may be, society puts these limiting beliefs on us and most people accept them, right? Like I get asked the question a lot because they're like, hey, Justin, you grew up poor, you did all this and you were able to overcome. Like, how can you, how can you teach that to people in the inner city? I go, well, my personal story doesn't relate to that, but what does relate are the things they're accepting as facts versus opinion. Um, and if you're able to get out of that whole idea of what society says you are, you can begin to kind of overcome that. And then the fourth one is a little on the woo-woo side, um, but also on the big T trauma side of there are things that happen to us in our life that we have actually completely forgotten about in, in, our, in our memory. We've completely wiped, wiped it away from our memory, um, but the trauma still exists in our brain. And so it, it could have been something very dramatic or traumatic 
um, and we've forgotten about it, but our brain still says, well, you're not, you're not worthy of that. Right. A lot of times those things come into relationships, unfortunately with like sexual abuse and mm -hmm. all that type of stuff. But we then carry with us that we're not good enough for a relationship or anything like that. And so when I looked at these four places that limiting beliefs come from, I realized that if we were able to overcome them, we can create the life that we desire, no matter what is happening in the world, right? Because those limiting beliefs no longer control us. Uh, and I actually came up with a three-step process, which is very simple, but not easy in order to come overcome any limiting belief. Uh, and so the first one, the first thing is we have to get uncomfortable, right? We're all energy. No matter how you, we're all protons, neutrons, electrons, whatever. And we're storing all these things inside of our body. We have to do something to disrupt those, that energy and that flow. So the first thing is get uncomfortable. So if you were the shy kid, but you have this innate desire for some odd reason to be a public speaker, but you're too shy to be a public speaker, start public speaking. Mm -hmm. Really start to shake that up, get uncomfortable. The second thing is we have to surround ourselves with the right people. We have to have people that support us because getting uncomfortable is very uncomfortable. Uh, and so if you have the right people, it's a lot easier to really step into that discomfort uh, and continue to push yourself. And then the third thing is take action uh, because nothing works unless you do. And so if you're able to do those three things over and over and over again, you will begin to rewire your brain and those limiting beliefs will no longer hold you back. Do I still have limiting beliefs? hundred percent. Do the people I interview still have limiting beliefs? hundred percent, right? I have billionaire friends with limiting beliefs. The limiting belief is not around money, but it's around relationship. It's about around their wellness, whatever. So we're always constantly working on it, but we have to be able to face forward and say, okay, where does this limiting belief come from? And then what can I do to rewire my brain? And that three-step process will help you rewire that your brain. No, and, and that's brilliant. It's like, and, and even something that you kind of touched in the end is like everybody deals with this mental battle. So like no one, no matter how it looks like they have it all together on their social media, their Instagram or anything else on TV or the movies, everybody has to go through those mental battles. Everybody has limited beliefs, but it's how you react to that, right? Following your process, like that you can overcome them. Then you'll get new ones, right? And then you find new challenges. And the idea to me is like, is this revolving circle. It's like you understand there's a challenge, right? At the beginning, you, you you struggle with it. You go through this journey. You learn from it. You 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 fail over and over until you learn from it, and then you master it, and then you keep going over and over, and you continue to grow, develop, and, and continue. So, like for all of you that are listening to this, if you're if you're having a hard time finding a job, understand like, hey, it's fine. No one is born figuring this out. Like, anybody who has figured it out is because they went through the, those challenges themselves. And we're able to overcome it. So it's about having that mindset. And I really love a simple, not easy, but simple step three process, a uh, three-step process that you just shared. Now, um, Justin, so you've interviewed some, some really amazing people, but what are some of the commonalities that you're finding that they have? Yeah, man, it's, this is a great question. And a couple of years ago, I really be, began to go, okay, well, what is the common thread behind all these successful people? And, and when you say, oh, I've interviewed all these great people, let me name drop for a second. Uh, Ed Milet and Dean Graziosi and Gabby Bernstein and Burt Kreischer and Diamond Dallas Page and like all these really, really cool people. Ricky Williams, you know, pro bowler. Uh, I've been able to interview some amazing people. And the reason I wanted to share those names is because they're all successful in different ways, right? Like they all do very different things. They're all over the map. And so I started asking a question probably about four years ago. Uh, it's a two-part question. And I ask every single guest this question which the first part is, what's your definition of success? 
And the second part is what are three things you do every single day to ensure that success for yourself? Uh, and of course, they're all, the answers always vary, right? Like this, the secret or their, their definition of success is always a little bit different. And then the three things they do are always a little bit different. But here's the commonality between every single one of them. The three things they do every single day is to take care of themselves. And this is not a selfish thing. This is where I began to learn that being selfish is the most selfless thing we can do. Um, because if we aren't, if we are not taking care of ourselves in some way, shape or form, whether it be, you know, by exercising our brain or exercising our body or meditating or whatever, um, we have nothing to give others, right? You can't pour from an empty cup. And so these successful individuals make sure that they are taken care of first, meaning physically, mentally, financially, all the things, and then they can take care of everybody else. Um, and so that was probably the, the greatest common thread behind all these different types of individuals was the fact that they knew how to take care of themselves in order to be a well-oiled machine, uh, in order to then take care of their loved ones, to take care of their employees, take care of whoever uh, in some way, shape, or form. And so I began, once I realized this common thread, I began to instill non-negotiables every single day of my life. This is not some crazy morning routine where I wake up at 4 a.m. and then I'm busy for the first four hours meditating and exercising. Um, but there are four things I do every single day, non-negotiables that fill my cup to make sure that I have enough to give others. Uh, and so I'll share them really quick just to kind of give an idea of, of what that means. So the first thing is I move my body in some way, shape or form. Sometimes I work out twice a day, depending on what I need to do, but pretty much the non-negotiable three mile walk every single morning. Uh, if I can't get that in for whatever reason, whether it's like an early meeting or something, I then I'll work out at some point during the day. Uh, so move my body, get my body moving. The second thing is I learn something new every single day. So whether it's listening to a podcast or reading a book or watching a YouTube thing to learn something new, because uh, I have to continuously learn in order to grow. The third thing is I, I do some sort of in-depth visualization every day. So my visualization practices ties in all my senses. So I ask myself, what does it smell like? What's it look like? What's it feel like? You know, all these things that uh, put me in that moment. So I'm, I'm 100% ready for the next level of life that I want to live. Uh, and then the fourth thing is uh, I reach out to somebody I care about every single day, let them know that I'm thinking about them, let them know that I care about them. A lot of times I say that and people go, Hey, Justin, that, that doesn't sound like you're doing that for yourself. You're doing that for other people. Uh, I, I get high off of letting people know that I'm, I'm there for them. And what happens in return is you, you realize they start reaching out to you and checking up on you and doing all that stuff. And so I feel super, I feel super blessed to be able to do those things every single day. And what that does for me is it, it, truly, it truly takes my life to the next level. Uh, and they're my four non-negotiables. Oh, oh, my camera went off. Um, no, I, I love that. I think that that's like really important. It's something that I, I've, you know, still struggled to do is like understanding that when I put myself first, it is selfish, but it's also selfless, right? Because I can't take care of my wife. I can't take care of my family, my friends, if I'm not taking care of myself, especially something that I'm dealing with is my health. Like, like it, I'm extremely healthy, but for the last four years, I've gained a lot of weight, like, right. And so I have to own that, that it's my fault, right. That ultimately there's things I need to do and I need to change more than anything, what I, what the nutrition that I put, because I working out has never been an issue, but if I want to be able to be healthy and have kids and be able to see them grow up and have the energy to play with them, I need to take charge of that today. And so I need to take care of that today. I need to prioritize myself. So I, I think that's really, really important. As we wrap it up, J Justin, um, what advice do you have for someone coming out of college? Um, and so they're about to go into their professional career and the importance of networking. 
Oh my God, man. Network. I'm so glad you asked this question. Networking is the game changer of life. Absolute game changer of life, not only career, but life, right? Like I, I was able to get some really great jobs in corporate. I was in the corporate world for a really long time um, and worked my way up. Like I didn't go to college, so I can't speak to that part. I can't speak to the debt. Uh, but what I can speak to is I've had jobs that require bachelor's degrees. And the reason I was able to get them is obviously A, my, my work experience, but B, it was the people I knew, right? Getting in the right room with the right people. And so I actually talk about the five people you need to surround yourself with. We all know the quote, right? Like you're the sum of the five people you surround, you spend the most time with. It's a very, it's probably one of the most famous quotes of all time. Uh, and the reason it is, is because it's true. And so I actually decided to take a step back and go, what does that really mean? What are these five people, right? Like, how do I, how do I make sure I have the right people? And so I gave titles to the five people that I surround myself with. And I want to share those with you in a second. And then I'll talk about the importance of networking. So the first thing, the first person is the cheerleader. So this is the person that makes you feel like you can run through a brick wall, right? You're, you're out of college. You're like, I'm, I'm going out there. I'm getting a hundred thousand dollar your job in the engineering space or whatever. And they go, you deserve 200,000. You put in all the work. You're one of the smartest people I know, right? That cheerleader who goes, oh my gosh, you're right. I do deserve that, yeah. right? I need that person in my life. The second person is the bruiser. The person who's going to go, yeah, you know what? You're right. You, you do have a college degree and a hundred thousand dollars would be great, but it's also okay to go $80,000. And here's why, right? The person who kind of challenges you, the person mm -hmm. who kind of pushes you a little bit. Now, just to be clear, uh, this is not an abuser. This is a bruiser. There's two different things, right? Abuser is bad. A bruiser is good. Third person is the softy. The person who goes, you know, you just got that job interview, that job rejection. The person that you can cry on their shoulder, right? They're not going to enable you to stay crying on their shoulder, but they'll let you cry. And then they're going to go, okay, now go back out there and do it again, right? Fourth person is the mentor. I define mentor a little bit differently. Uh, what I, how I define a mentor is somebody who is a good, good friend of yours who has a, has a quality that you desire in yourself. Mm. So like my, my mentor is a guy named Fabio Viviani. Uh, people may know him from the show Top Chef. He runs a massive uh, restaurant company. Like they, they do a ton of stuff and own tons of properties. They're going to do about $350 million this year. I have, I have zero desire to be in the restaurant business and I don't need $350 million a year. Like those are two things that I don't need in my life. Um, but he is the most giving person I know. And he is my mentor because I go, I want to give like you give. I want to have a heart like you. And so how do I do that? I, so I make sure I spend time with him. I, I ask him the right questions. I do all that stuff. And then the fifth person is a coach. I believe that you should have some sort of financial investment in your growth, um, mm. whether it be in business, uh, in relationships and wellness and spirituality. By the way, I've had coaches in all those places. I believe you should have some sort of financial investment in the growth of your life. And so those are the five people that you should surround yourself with. They'll evolve, they'll change over time. Uh, and by the way, if, if you weren't taking notes, I would rewind and write down those five people and write who those people are next to it. Whenever I do this, when I'm speaking at an event, I always at the end go, who has those five people? And like 10% of the room will raise their hand. Most people don't have those people in place in their life. And that's okay because you've never heard this before. But once you do that, everything else becomes really, really easy. Uh, you hit a challenge, cool, you know who to call. You have a question about something, you know who to call. You need to pick me up, you know who to call. And so every single thing in life becomes a lot easier when you define those individuals in your life. Now, to be clear, I don't go to these people and go, hey, I want to let you know you're my bruiser. Uh, you know, they just fall into place. And in my head, they have those labels and I'm able to kind of um, utilize them as friends in order to become the person I want to become. Now, here's why the networking is important. People are going to go, Justin, that sounds amazing. I need those five people in my life, but I have no idea where to find them. 
you have to network, you have to get in new rooms. Uh, so I always say those five people are your front line, but your army is your community. And you build community through networking, through meeting new people. And I'm going to give everybody the secret to getting everything you desire. When you're networking, finish your conversation with this, uh, with this statement. Let me know how I can support you in the future. It doesn't, this could be the CEO of a billion dollar organization that you met at a networking event. Uh, you want to get a job in his company, right? Go up to him and ask him, how can I support you? You're going to win at relationships. You're going to win in your career uh, by having the give first mentality without expectation in return. Because guess what? That billionaire guy might not hire you or the CEO of that billion dollar company might not hire you, but guess who he's friends with? CEOs of other massive organizations that are looking for employees at any given time. Networking is the secret to life. I've been able to network with the greatest people in the world, a lot that I get to call friends now, uh, because I've gotten into their space by networking, but saying, hey, who else should I interview, right? That's a great way to network and get to the next level and meet the next person. Uh, and then finishing the conversation with, let me know how I can support you. And I, and I genuinely mean it. And that's how I've gotten those people into my space. And I've been able to build my five individuals that support me. Uh, and that is really the game changer for me. So if you're listening to this and you're and obviously you're listening to the show, so you're ready for a career, a career change, your first job, whatever the case may be. Um, networking is the key uh, and giving is the secret. Whoa, I need to go rewind this myself um, because I, I, you know, to me, I'm, I love relationship building, right? And so I think it's important. I also believe that there's no such thing as a long-term relationship if it's not mutual beneficial, right? So um, everything that you're saying and giving, be able to make this a, a two-way conversation, a two-way relationship is, is crucial. But never thought about having those, you know, those characters, right? Like the Brucers, the softy, like your cheerleader um, and, and, and do it. Because when I try to connect it, I'm like, I can see how I probably have four out of five of that. But if I'm not consciously thinking about it, I don't know that I have five for five. And so if I have it, do if maybe if I at first write it down or have a note on my iPhone where I have the, the five people and then the title, depending on my emotion, it is that. And to me, like, I can even see this evolve to even the next level where you're like, you have more than five people and you can have more than five mentors. You can have, you can have five mentors, five Brewsters, five cheerleaders. And it's just depending on what I need cheering on. Is it my health? Is there a cheerleader on the health goal that I have? Is it yeah. my is it my business? Is there a cheerleader in business that I can have? So um, I think this also applies to everybody listening to whatever goal you have. You should find those individuals and just build relationships. So, uh, Justin, this is great. Um, what is the best way if somebody listening to this podcast wants to get to, you know, learn more about you going to your world? Is it your podcast, Instagram, both? What's the best way for them to connect with you? Yeah, I mean, those two places are the best. So wherever they're listening to the show, they can search for my show. Just type in Growth Now. It'll come up. Growth Now Movement is the name of the show. Um, and Instagram is my favorite platform to hang out at. So they can follow me, Justin T. Shank. You can see how to spell the last name in the show notes because good luck spelling yep. it off of how it's pronounced. Um, but Justin T. Shank on Instagram. Uh, please give me a follow and shoot me a message. I love, I love chatting with people and seeing how I can support them. So shoot me a message and, and we'll go from there. Justin, thank you so much for coming. And for everybody else listening, catch you guys on the next episode. 
Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you're still listening, it's because you've reached the end of the episode and that speaks volumes of you. In an age of distraction, the fact that you're still listening to this means that you're serious about your career. And to do that, I want to return the favor and reward you for this behavior. So to do that, I want to give you access to a free 30-minute webinar that's going to completely change the way you job search. This webinar was built just for international STEM students and we're going to talk about the three biggest mistakes international STEM students make when looking for a job and how to fix them. So if you want to get access to this webinar, go to masteringcollege forward slash webinar podcast.